Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to our carols uh, by candlelight service, particularly if you are a visitor. It's great to have you with us. And welcome to those watching online as well this evening. Uh, Sorry if you were planning to come, but uh, have not been able to because of the the introduction of new restrictions by the government. But we do pray you still be able to enjoy this time with us this evening. Uh, For those here in person, it won't be quite like our normal carol services. The difference is being that we won't be able to sing. Um, You will have to keep your uh, face masks on at all time, uh, but you better hum behind your mask if you'd like to do that. Um, And although it may feel a bit more like we're passive, we're watching on, uh, we can still actively worship God as we acknowledge his presence with us and as we accept the truth of the words that we hear read and we hear sung this evening. As by God's grace, we apply them to our lives. At the end of the service, I'm afraid we won't be able to hang around very long. No mince pies this year. Uh, We will have to ask you to leave the, the building fairly promptly at the end. Well, the service will include a series of readings and carols that will flow unannounced. So when the words do come on the screen, please feel free to stand and to enjoy uh, what what you listen to. We're going to start, though, by the lighting of the the Advent uh, candles, which um, our newlyweds, Phil and Anne Davis, are going to do for us. So, Phil and Anne, if you'd like to to come up. Recently just uh, moved into the village, so it's great to have you with us tonight. Prepare at the way of the Lord. We light this candle in peace, the peace that Jesus, our Saviour, gives to the world. Prepare then the way of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Let's pray as we start our service together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that at Christmas, Jesus came into the world as our saviour, to deal with our sin and to bring us the greatest peace we need, peace with you. We thank you that you are with us now by your spirit. And we pray this evening as we listen to the words of the carols, As we hear the readings read from your word, you would help us to focus on the truth of those words. You would help us to forget all the worries and concerns we have and leave them with you. Help us to trust in your goodness towards us. And fill us, we pray, with wonder at the amazing act of humility that Jesus should come down to earth as our saviour to bring us eternal peace and joy. In his name we pray. Amen. We'll stand for our first carol once in Royal David City.
Our second reading comes from the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 5. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. So reads the word of God. Oh, 
Um, The third reading is taken from Luke chapter 1, um, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her.
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their, their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house of the house and line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she and she gave birth to her first firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Let's come now to God in prayer. Let's, let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you that in a year when we've had to do without many of the pleasures that you give us, that we so often take for granted, that we can still enjoy the most important gift, the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he humbled himself and came down to earth from heaven and took on human flesh. We thank you for the miracle of his birth by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
We thank you for the good news that the angels brought for all the people, the birth of a saviour. And we thank you that he can be our king forever and make it possible for us to be friends with you. We're sorry when we've placed more value on the pleasures we've lost than on Jesus himself. We're sorry when we've forgotten why Jesus came to save us from our sins. And we're sorry when we are more interested in the presents we receive than those we give. We're sorry when we are more interested in making sure we have a good time than looking out for those who are sad or lonely. Please forgive us and help us to make Jesus the number one in our lives this Christmas. Would you pray for those who are sad and lonely this Christmas? For those who remember loved ones they've lost this past year? Those struggling without social contact as a result of the lockdown? Lord, may they know your love and the love of your people. Pray for those who are ill or in hospital at this time. Pray for Pippa and Olive. Pray for John and Barbara Ismay suffering from COVID. For those waiting for hospital treatment, we pray for Lila as she goes in later this week. For those recovering from treatment, that you would grant them healing. Lord, we pray for those who are homeless at this time, that you would find them shelter. We pray for those living in parts of the world where there is war going on or where they are persecuted for their faith, that you would keep them safe and bring peace. We pray for those who do not yet know the true meaning of Christmas, that they would hear and understand the good news of Jesus and come to know him as their own Lord and Saviour. And we pray that we would all be filled with the joy of your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Jamie's going to bring us our next reading, and after that, there's going to be a harp solo by Elizabeth Law, which she would have done here in the church um, without the current restrictions, but uh, has been recorded live, or being recorded from her home. So did Jamie. Thanks. Our fifth reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth peace to those whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God of all, for all the things that they had heard and seen, which had just been, which had, which were just as they had been told.
The final reading is from John 1, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. And he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born out of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, as we continue in our Advent series, we're looking at the theme of peace, the, the gift of peace in our lives. And maybe as we think about that theme, uh, we've been thinking really about some of the challenges that we've faced this past year. If you were watching in the news, which I'm sure many of you were, back in March, uh, COVID-19 came into Europe uh, from China to Italy. And in Italy, if you were watching any of the news or social media, there was one phrase that kept being repeated again and again. And it was this one. Andrà tutto bene. Which basically means everything will be all right or it will go well. It will be well. But the problem with that phrase is, well, is it really true? How can we actually say that? When in our own experiences, that's quite difficult to affirm. Because it is a tough thing to say. In the past 24 hours alone, we realise the challenges that COVID-19 and the lockdown has presented us. Many of us unable to meet with family for Christmas. Then there's a challenge of general lockdowns and the past year of isolation. People feeling lonely in their lives, in their own homes. Fear of jobs, fear of keeping your job, or if you lose it, try and get another one. The challenge of overworking, with many people running to manage to, to, to try and stand still. And then there's the, the thought of the future. What does the future hold for, for me or maybe for my children? How will this impact them? How does it change their lives? 
Then as well, retirement. What does retirement look like if we retire? And what does it look like if we are retired? So many challenges and questions which are thrown up. And so this phrase that everything will be all right or it will go well doesn't really cut it. Because it doesn't really give us a sense of true peace. It doesn't really give us really a, a true understanding of peace in a challenging time. So what does God say about that? What does he have to say about peace? Well, as we think about that, we're going to be looking just in Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6, which speaks of the Prince of Peace. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Before we approach the Prince of Peace title, there's a few questions to ask. One is, who is the child? And secondly, what about all the names? There's four names attached there to the son. So what do we do with that? Well, as you think about it, the child, some people say that the child is King Hezekiah. Now, if we read in the, in the, in the book of Isaiah, we find that King Hezekiah, King Ahaz, I should say, is mentioned in chapter 7. And King Hezekiah takes over the throne from him, the throne of, of Judah. But the problem with, with that, with the theory that he is Hezekiah, is that he is born three years before this happens. And it's speaking of a future king. It's speaking of someone that is to come. So he's really not that king. He's not that child. And as well, the other names, the names are really divine names. So it can't just be a normal king. There has to be someone greater. Which takes us to the, the fourfold name, really. Firstly, wonderful counselor. That is that he is a supernatural counselor, that he has sort of eternal wisdom. Far more than King David had, far more than King Solomon, who was considered to be one of the wisest men alive. He is actually to be considered far wiser than certainly King Ahaz, who rejected God's word and thinking himself wise became a fool. Now he is an eternal wise king with eternal wisdom. And then secondly, mighty God. Well, as we look back at chapter 7, we think of Emmanuel, God with us. This is certainly the title here of mighty God, that he is the Lord Almighty, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who was in the beginning and will be in the very end. So it's more than just a normal human king. And then thirdly, everlasting father. Some people might say that the son is the father, but if you say that, you fall into heresy, because we can't say that the Son of God is the, is the Father. No, instead it's more a sense in which he is the, the Father of creation, the God of creation, as we speak about him being the Alpha and the Omega. And as well, he, he reflects the character of the Father. He shows us the character of the Father to us. And lastly, they are Prince of Peace. As you look in the chapter 9, verse 4 and 5, there's a sense in which there's a cease of all the war that will happen because he will bring everlasting and eternal peace. And that's something that's spoken about as it is fulfilled as we think about the birth of Christ. 
In Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 11 to 14, it says this. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. He will, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels worship him for who he is. They bring glory to God for who he is. Because peace will rest on all his people on whom his favor rests. Peace, eternal peace, will be given to all those who trust in him. But we do have to ask, how is it that we are able to get this peace? How do we get and gain this peace? Well, there's a, an actress, uh, a lady by the name uh, Linda Evans, who says, if we, wo- if we really want to gain peace, we need to do this. If there's no inner peace, people can't give it to you. Your husband can't give it to you. Your children can't give it to you. You have to give it to you. In other words, if you want peace in your life, you need to work to get peace. Or it's more, in a sense, techniques that you need to have a sense of calm in your life. That is, things like breathing techniques to calm yourself, or maybe meditation, or maybe uh, exercise or positive thinking or going in the great outdoors. And let's be honest, these things are good things. Even last night, with all the news coming in, I went a walk around the village just to settle my thoughts. And these in themselves are good things, but they don't really solve the underlying issue. They don't really solve the problem. So maybe we say, well, maybe, especially at Christmas, we think, well, maybe the answer is to just have more. To just have more of what we have, and then we will have peace. To have a bigger house, to have a better car, to have a child. Or maybe to have another child. Maybe to, to build a bigger savings pot or to have a promotion. Those things will give us peace, we say. But then we get them and we find we don't have peace in them. Not only that, but we don't have peace in ourselves, but we try and have peace with other people. We try and Receive love. We want to be loved by other people. We want to be affirmed by other people. We want other people to see the good that we do. And yet, often, people don't affirm us for the things that we do. Or maybe we don't actually do the things that we should do. And so instead of having peace with ourselves and peace with others, there's often conflict with other people. And conflict even within ourselves. So, What is it that Jesus has to say about that? What does he have to say about peace? How can we have peace? He speaks about it in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27, when he says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus gives us peace. 
He gives us the free gift of eternal peace. And how does he do it? Well, he's able to do it because God is a God of peace. God the Father is a God of peace. And God the Son enjoyed that peace from all eternity. And through that, when we trust in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, we can enjoy that by his Spirit, who is peace. That we can enjoy the peace of God that he gives us. That eternal peace that our souls cry out for. Because ultimately, the peace is to know God. To know God is to know peace. To know God is to know peace. The issue is that actually, normally, naturally, we're not at peace with God. No, instead, we, because we choose our own way, we choose to live our own way, refusing God, rejecting him in our lives. We're not at peace with God, but actually we're at war with him. We choose to do our own thing, and instead of peace that we deserve from God, actually we deserve punishment, because our sins declare it against him. We have walked away from him, we've chosen our own way of living. And so what does our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, do for us? As we go back to the book of Isaiah, we find out the prophet Isaiah promising what the Lord Jesus Christ would do. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. That our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, took upon himself all the punishment that our sins deserve that he was pierced for us that we might receive peace that we through faith in Jesus Christ might actually be able to have peace with God and that is a wonderful truth it's a wonderful truth that we can affirm in our hearts as the spirit of God affirms that in us and so we say not as as the banner says it will go well or it will be well. No, we say, as the hymn writer says, it is well. It is well with my soul. And so I want to invite you this evening, if you, if that's not true of you, if you don't know the Lord, if you don't know that peace, I'd love you to talk to me later, send me an email, and we can talk about it later. To know God is to know peace. As we think about our closing carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, it even speaks of this. Let me read the first verse. It says, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the newborn King, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. The invitation is to enjoy that if we have trusted in our Lord Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to enjoy that in our hearts at this chaotic time, to know the peace of God, and for all the people who have not trusted in him, to come to him, to come to him and enjoy that for themselves. Let's pray.
Father God, we thank you that you are a God of peace, that from all eternity you have been and are and will be a God of peace. And we thank you that in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, that he was punished for us, that we might enjoy peace when we trust in you. And Father, we pray that you would help us to dwell on that truth, to think of it often, and to worship you for who you are as the Prince of Peace. We ask this in his name. Amen.
Please do take a seat. It was a great rousing uh, carol to finish with, and I do hope you've enjoyed your time with us this evening. I do hope you will know the peace of God in your hearts this Christmas time. Just a couple of notices as we close. First of all, on Christmas Eve, we're having a midnight meditation, uh, which we'll be having on Zoom from 11.30 going into Christmas Day uh, just after midnight. So include some carols, some readings, um, some reflections, some prayers. So if you'd like to join us for that, um, and we haven't got your contact details, do please let us know via the the church office and we can send you a link. And then on Christmas Day, we're having a Zoom uh, service at 10 o'clock, likewise on Zoom. So if you can let us know your details, we can get you the link for that. That'd be great to see you on the screen, at least, if we can't even see you in person. But let me close now with a blessing as we finish our time together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace this day and forever. Amen.